Hello, I'm Brett Terpstra, and you're listening to Systematic. This week's guest is Nikki Kinzer, ADHD coach and co-host of Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Welcome to Systematic, Nikki. Thank you, Brett. Thank you for having me. It is so you your your other co-host on on the podcast is Pete, who was just on a few episodes ago. And uh, I, I thought it would be really interesting to kind of get you both on because you both come uh, to the ADHD kind of community from different angles. Uh, him That's as true. an ADHD person and mm-hmm. you as someone who coaches ADHD people. Absolutely. I think that's probably one of the reasons why our uh, podcast works is that we've got that balance between the two of us. He, he said the same. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what does what does an ADHD coach do? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, and, and kind of a loaded one. We do a lot of different things. Um, I would say that the, the sole mission that I have with clients is there's, there's three factors that I look at when I'm coaching. And, uh, the first one is really understanding how ADHD affects the client. And a lot of times the client doesn't know that. And so as we're talking and having that conversation, I will often point out, well, that sounds like your ADHD, uh, or that could be ADHD. And so it helps them kind of understand how their brain works and how they're wired. Uh, so there's some educational piece there to awareness that's important. Uh, the second thing that I look at, uh, is acceptance, um, of ADHD because, a lot of times people come to me thinking that they need to be fixed and I let them know that they're not broken and they don't need to be fixed and that they, you know, this is ADHD. And so going back to how it affects you and how your brain is wired and, uh, what I try to do is help them accept that in a sense that, okay, I don't need to, to necessarily try to be a square when I'm a circle. So instead of doing it the way that you think you have to do it, whether that's planning or, uh, you know, whatever it is that the challenge might be with, with your ADHD, but finding a way that, that works for you. Uh, so it's that accepting that I can do things differently and still get to the same, uh, milestone or goal or, or whatever it may be. Um, and then the third piece is really what clients think they're going to get from me first. And that's all of the strategies and the systems and the scaffolding that needs to happen to, uh, help manage your ADHD on a daily basis. So oftentimes they, they're surprised that I don't get, go straight to the strategies, but I actually go more around, you know, educating you around ADHD and also that acceptance piece. Yeah. So how did you get into this? Oh, good question. Uh, So let's see. In 2008, I was sitting in my back porch and I was reading the newspaper because back in 2008, you actually read newspapers, sure. <laughs> you know, and uh, there was an article about a professional organizer in New York City, and I read it and I thought it was kind of interesting. And it it said at the very end of the article that there they could not find a professional organizer in in our city where I live. And I thought that was really interesting that we didn't have them here. And I honestly, Brett, have never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I never really thought that I would ever start a business. But for whatever reason, it kind of dawned on me that, wait, I could do this. I could do this on a part-time basis. I could still uh, be here, you know, with my kids. I have two children and, uh, and start a business. And that's when I reached out to Pete because Pete and I have known each other for a long time prior to us working together, but I knew he did websites. I knew that he did, you know, different things of branding and, and, and uh, I, I, called him. I said, I'm interested in doing this. You know, can you help me? And he's been with me from day one. And, uh, so I really started as a professional organizer and I did that for probably about three years where I would go into people's homes and help them organize and set up their spaces. And I found that the majority of my clients had ADHD, Hmm. which is why they were calling me in the first place. Right. Yeah. And so I started, kind of learning more about ADHD because I do not have it myself. 
And there were two clients that specifically had hired me to organize their workspaces and their workflow, but they're the ones that really kind of were my two first ADHD coach, like coaching clients, because they're the ones that really encouraged me and, uh, got out of just organizing space, but also doing other things around their ADHD. And that's when I just decided to change my whole focus. And uh, Pete and I changed the webs or the podcast used to be taking control, the organizing podcast. Now it's taking control of the ADHD podcast. My name changed, the website changed. I went to um, a couple of different online programs for coaching, specifically for ADHD coaching, got certified uh, back in 2011. And ever since then, it's just been growing. The podcast has been growing and I've been able to speak at different conferences and seminars and things like that. So um, yeah, it's been quite a ride and, and I love it. I absolutely love it. That's awesome. I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. When you say a lot of your organizing clients had ADHD, did they know, I mean, did they come forward as, and say, I have ADHD, this is why yes. I'm calling you? Okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, not necessarily. Well, let me take that back. They didn't <laughs> necessarily say I have ADHD and this is why I need you. They would hire me and then I would find out that they had ADHD. Because yeah, they okay. would then come out and say, well, you know, these are the issues. And and I just saw this pattern, right? And I was like, huh, this is interesting. And I got to be honest, I really enjoyed the coaching piece more so than the actual physical going into people's homes and um, organizing. And uh, I know that when you talk to Pete, you, you guys talked about Pete's anxiety. Well, I have anxiety too. And uh the more I did that, the more anxious I got about going into people's homes. I, I know that sounds probably a little bit weird because, well, you've done it for three years. Why would it all of a sudden like feel weird? But it did. And so I was like, okay, I need to, to change something because I'm not looking forward to this like I used to, yeah. whereas the coaching piece was very, very different. So interesting. And I, I go ahead. I was just going to say, and I didn't actually have to go into people's homes. I could do it virtually and uh, expand my uh, client base because then you're not, you're not, uh, you know, just stuck with, with people in your city. You can sure. go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so for me, like the idea of bringing someone in to organize my home is that is daunting. Um, yeah. I like as an ADHD person, the, one of the things that can cause a strong emotional reaction from me is someone moving my stuff. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like, I, I know that's a symptom of ADHD. How, what, what does it take for a person to make the call to have someone, well, to reach out to a coach in general, I guess is the question. Um, I, I know I need a coach. I need some kind of accountability in my life. Mm-hmm. But making that call seems like a real roadblock for me. Well, it, it can be for a lot of people. And, and it's interesting because there will be people that will contact me and, and they'll say, I've, I've had your name and your email for a year. I listen to your podcast. I know who you are. I want you as my coach, but they just haven't been able to, to make that call until that time. So I think part of it is is doing it when you're ready, like when you're actually ready to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to surrender this a little bit and know that there's some unknown here, but I'm going to take that, that chance. Um, and it's hard because you, especially if you're not really sure what you need the coach for. And so that's something that, uh, when I talk to people and I do inquiries with them, you know, I, I ask them, what are, what are you looking for in a coach and, and really listening to what their expectations are. Um, again, because it's, they are expecting, many of them are expecting me to quote unquote, fix them. And that's <laughs> not, that's not my role. Right. Um, and so it's listening to what, what their expectations are and me being really transparent about what coaching is and, uh, and it's work, it's work for the client and it's uncomfortable and it can feel, icky and messy and, um, and it can be disappointing, but the, the pro the, but not the problem, but the, 
what makes it so great too, is that you have a space, you have a safe space with someone who understands ADHD, who you do not need to explain yourself. You do not need to say you're sorry. You do not need to say, you know, well, I didn't get this done and this is why, like you don't have to do those things. So you have the safe place where you can talk about your calendar and you can talk about, um, breaking down a project and it may feel like, Oh, I should know how to do this, but there's no judgment because at myself and other ADHD coaches who've been trained in ADHD understand that this isn't easy. Uh, and it is complicated. And one of those strategies is to get support is to have somebody help you break those things down is to have that accountability. I work with people who are lawyers, doctors, therapists, uh, tech people. Um, and you know, these are high level professionals that still have a really difficult time and, you know, they can run a company, but it's really difficult for them to, to run their schedule, you know? So, um, and that's, you know, and it's also giving them that understanding it's the ADHD. It's not anything for you to be ashamed of. It's something that you work with. And, and, uh, Pete and I will often say, it's okay if you want to switch your planner or if you want to switch the way that you're, you're organizing tasks, but this is the way to do it, to make it, you know, be effective. And yeah. we did a whole workshop on this just recently, um, about when you transfer, you know, to, to a different system. Um, <laughs> so, but with organizing, just going back to your point about organizing, if someone's looking for somebody to come into their home and they have ADHD, the one thing I would say is that you want to interview people and you want to make sure that they have ADHD experience and that they understand ADHD because there is a difference between organizing somebody with ADHD and somebody that doesn't have ADHD. And if they don't know that difference, it's not going to help you. And so, um, because one of the things I found very quickly is that you can't just go into somebody's home and start doing things like you, you need to talk to them. You need to understand how they look for things, uh, what their, you know, troubled areas or hot spots are that, that are getting in the way you, you've got to have them work with you and come up with a system with you so that they have that buy-in and they have that understanding. Uh, because if you just have somebody come in and organize your office, I can almost guarantee you that in a month that will go back to probably what it was. Sure. Yes, I've experienced this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at, at bursts of organizing and creating yes. systems that I, I won't follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, see that in coaching, that's that's a perfect example of something that somebody might say. And I would question you that. What do you mean you don't follow? Uh, and, you know, what gets in your way? I mean, there's a, the, that's what I do as a coach is really ask, asking questions yeah. and also helping you see that maybe there's this mindset that you're kind of stuck on a little bit, something that we call limiting beliefs. Um, because if you honestly believe that you can never follow through with a system, then you will never follow through with a system. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. <laughs> so for me, like I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD until my... Uh, late 20s. And mm-hmm. at that point, I had, I had already developed coping skills, not not knowing what I was coping for. But I had already developed a, a set of coping skills to get through life. And I was mm-hmm. holding down jobs, I was um, not excelling, but finding ways to make the way my brain worked worked for me. Uh, mm-hmm. getting the diagnosis though, led to a whole new era of my life, uh, led to a, a way to actually treat and understand the way my brain worked. So I'm curious, people who seek out coaching, do you deal more with people who have known their whole lives they have ADHD or people with a late diagnosis or is it a, an even mix? I would say it's an even mix. Although I would say that the scale probably goes a little heavier on people who were diagnosed later in life. Do you think that those people have uh, better habits because they've coped with it not knowing why or have they developed bad habits? I would say both. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, for example, I have a client who didn't get diagnosed until she was actually in her PhD program. 
So, and I, I see that a lot with people that don't get diagnosed until they're in like upper, um, in like their master's or their yeah. doctorate. And, um, but yeah, I'll, I work with college students too, who struggle, you know, getting the, the bachelor's. Right. So, uh, and it's interesting because the college students I work with usually have been diagnosed younger because they are young adults for the most part. Um, and so they have known about their ADHD. However, they're not, they've never been on their own. So they've always had their parents or one parent or guardian or whatever the situation may be, be kind of their executive function. So when they go into college, it's this like crazy new world that they're not used to. So um, I see that probably more in college students. With adults, I would say uh, they have, if they've been diagnosed later in life, they probably have some really strong coping mechanisms, right? Because gosh, if you got through school, if you've been yeah. able to hold jobs, if you've been able to have good relationships and, and, you know, these things are, are going on and you're happy in your life, you probably have some really healthy, good coping mechanisms. So as a coach, I want to know what those are. Like, how did you get through school? How did you um, keep that job for three years? Right. How did you work with that person that you didn't really like, you know, um, and get kind of a, a, an idea of what's happening. Typically with adults who's come, who are coming to me for coaching, obviously they're coming to me because they have an issue, right? They're, they're feeling overwhelmed. They, people don't come to me when their life is great. Sure. <laughs> Right. So, um, so the P there, we have to figure out what has changed, you know, are you going through a transition? Are you in a job that you absolutely hate? Do you, are you thinking about changing careers? Um, is your job on the line? A lot of times people will come to me because they're really afraid that they're going to, you know, get caught. They're going to get found out that they're not doing as well as they, as other people think they are. And so it's, uh, trying to kind of figure out what, what's worked and then what are the habits that they've kind of brought upon themselves now, or that, that they do now that maybe aren't as healthy and trying to figure out, you know, what's next. Yeah. Um, and it's a process. I mean, I, I think it's, it's something that I want to be really clear. I mean, this is like a constant process. This isn't just something that, oh, okay, well now I know how to do this. And so it's over. I mean, it's always constantly a work in progress and, um, your, your ADHD can change, you know, depending on where you are in your life. So it can look different, you know, when you're 30 compared to when you're 50. So we have to, you know, just really be aware of everything that's going on with you as well. Yeah. Well, and I would assume that the role of a coach is, and you, you use the word as well, uh, accountability, uh, mm -hmm. as you go through this process, if it was as easy as having a tidy maxim for every situation, that would be a website, not a, a coaching gig. Right. Right. Well, and that's why for like, if you think about our podcast, I, most of my clients come from the podcast and what happens is they're listening to it and they hear it and they, they get good ideas and they get inspired and, and people love Pete. <laughs> right? And, and uh, so it's, it's, it's great because they really connect to it. But then I think when you're in a situation where you have the information, but you're really still not sure how to do it or you're not doing it and you don't know what's stopping you and, and you need something that's more custom, right? Because the podcast is broad. We're talking to a lot of people at once. Yeah. When you go to coaching, everything is custom. So everything is, yeah, here's a strategy that we talked about on the podcast, but we need to talk about how your ADHD affects you. We need to see where your acceptance level is on this and we need to see what will work for you. So let's practice some things. What do you think? What do you want to do? And so my role is a partner is a partnership. I don't tell them what to do. I offer suggestions and I will help them put expectations and you know in perspective because a lot of ADHDers want to do more and they think they can do more. However, realistically, nobody could do what they think that they can, right? Like it's so big that 
you just, there isn't any way to do it. So I help them break that down so that they can see that. So maybe their expectations aren't as high so that then they can see that success. And then when you're working with a coach, you're able to come back and say, okay, this is what I tried. It worked at the beginning of the week, but it didn't work at the end of the week. Okay, well, let's dig into that. What happened? What was going on? I've, I've worked with clients where we've actually said, you're, the majority of your work is going to be done Monday through Wednesday because Thursday and Friday, we don't really know what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's be honest about that. Let's be really truthful and say, I know Thursday and Friday are not going to be great productive days, but Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'm on fire. Well, then let's, let's build on that. Yeah. And so the coaches is helping them kind of figure out what to try and then helping them tweak it. And then during the week, and this is what's, this is the difference between coaching and therapy is during the week, I have a lot of contact with my clients. And so if they are trying a new routine for like, let's say I, I, we build a morning routine and they're practicing that this week, then I'll text them and say, okay, you know, it's Monday. How did it go? Did you wake up on time or, you know, what did you think? And they'll text me back and let me know what they thought. And, um, some clients need that reminder every single day. Some clients, uh, like to have the text, uh, check-ins every other day. Um, I don't check in with them on the weekend unless it's, really necessary. Um, but you know, so it's up to the client too, how often they, they have that accountability. Um, and the goal is not necessarily, especially when it comes to a routine that they're trying to put in place. It's not that we want them to have me as that reminder forever. It's, it's until they really feel like it's a habit enough, like it's, it's enough of a habit that, okay, now we can work on something else, or I feel good about this and doing it on my own. Um, but something I want to be clear too, is that the one thing that ADHDers are consistent with is being inconsistent. Sure. So I also want to set up the expectation that you may have this routine, but it probably isn't going to be the same routine every single day. You're probably not going to follow it every day. Don't beat yourself up over it. You have ADHD, you get distracted, get things get thrown at you, you know? Um, but if you can, if you notice that when you do do the routine, and you had a really great day and you got to work on time or school on time or wherever you needed to be, then it's working. Now, if you don't do it tomorrow, it's okay. It doesn't mean that the system has failed. It just means that you do it again on Wednesday then. Do you find routines, uh, like ADHD people tend to get bored uh, at a higher rate than uh, neurotypical people. Um, And for me, that manifests more in like, I blow up my whole life every four to six years. Um, Uh (laughs) But but daily routines, uh, while they can be helpful, uh, once I have something down as kind of rote memory, Mm -hmm. but forcing myself to do something that feels at all tedious, I get bored with the effort very quickly. What do you do about that? Well, that's a really good point. So there are going to be some things in your routine that are going to be boring and you're probably still going to have to do like brushing your teeth, right? We don't want to like, we want to keep brushing our teeth, even though that might be boring. Um, so we have to kind of figure out like, what are the things that are kind of the necessities, right? And, and you kind of have to just figure out how to, how to do that. But you are, you know, there is no rule that says you can't change up your routine. There's no rule that says that you can't, um, change the way that you, you know, a system that you're working on. Uh, Pete and I were talking about the difference between Evernote and this new program that he's looking at Obsidian. And, you know, do you, you can switch that like there, you know, if you need that novelty or you need something that's going to be a little bit different, we need to embrace it. Uh, and, and I think it's also taking a look at what is really necessary because sometimes, again, we expect more from ourselves than what we really can do. So, uh, we have to look at, you know, what, what are the things that I need to get done? How can I engage myself in this? How do I, how can I switch it up? Um, 
And is it really necessary? Like maybe I dump it for a while and I reevaluate it later. Like maybe that would be less stressful, you know, for me. You don't want to be forced into anything um, that's helping you. And so there's a mindset there too of, I may not like this structure, but I know it's really helping me. So I'm going to, you know, do what I can. And there's ways to get started on things that you don't want to do. And that's where you go into your strategy toolbox and that's also where accountability can can really make a difference is, uh, you know, I, I'm going to start something I don't really want to do, but I'm going to let so-and-so know that I'm doing it. So that just somebody else in the universe knows that I'm doing it, yeah, <laughs> right? Sure. Um, and that doesn't have to be a coach. I mean, if you're working with a coach, that's certainly part of my job is, is to do that. But you can do that with a friend, a coworker, um, you know, whoever. We were interviewing... Marilyn Paul, who is an ADHD coach and, and her and another ADHD coach that we've had on the show before, they actually are accountability partners and they talk to, or they text to text each other every day, every morning, like, this is what I'm doing for the day. And just having that routine of checking in with someone helps you get started on things. So I think it's also important to kind of figure out really what the issue is. Is it the structure? Is it the routine? Is it the actual task that you don't want to do? Like you got to really kind of investigate what your roadblock is and then find uh, something to try. Are you familiar with a technique called body doubling? Oh, yes, of <laughs> course. Every Thursday afternoon, I do a study hall that's all body doubling. So explain for us what uh, what the basic concept is there. Uh, it's like magic. I <laughs> I wish I knew the science behind it. And I'll tell everybody that's listening, it doesn't matter if you have ADHD or not. Body doubling is magic. And uh, I definitely highly recommend it. But what, what we ended up doing this year is I offer a study hall. It's not that you have to study. It's just a time for you to work. Yeah. But it's Thursday afternoons. It's 1 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 4 to 8 Eastern. And it's $10 a week. And basically people um, come in. They can pay either as they go or they can buy like a group of sessions. And uh, you come into my Zoom room. And everybody either, well, most of the people have their video on and, uh, I do the Pomodoro technique. Mm -hmm. So I'll get on to the, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll get onto the, um, mic and say, okay, you know, we're starting our first Pomodoro. So 25 minutes, please let us know what you're working on in the chat. So people will write down like what they're working on. And, uh, then 25 minutes goes by, I get back on, okay, everybody take a five minute break and I come back after five minutes. And we do this for four hours and people can do whatever they want during that time. They can work on the computer. They can do housework. I've had people work out, paint, um, you know, and, and it's funny because people are like, well, what if I'm just working on the computer? I'm like, just, it doesn't matter. You can keep your video on because that's what I'm doing. I'm just working on my computer and, and, uh, it's great. And everybody's on mute. And, uh, if somebody has a question, they can certainly ask me. Um, but, but it is, I have had amazing feedback about how helpful this is. And I know it's helped me a great, great deal. Um, there's something about watching other people work <laughs> that makes you want to work. And it also takes away for me specifically, cause I'm, I'm leading it. It takes away the excuse of, Oh, well I could just do this later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I've got this special time to do it. Let's do it now. Yeah. So. I think combining that with Pomodoro, it makes a lot of sense because that's kind of Pomodoro is all about work now, uh, but in, in sprints, uh, right. And just to like put the pedal to the metal and feel, uh, some accountability and some obligation, but knowing that there's, uh, an end to it. Yes. That works. Yes. I think that, and that's definitely a getting started technique is using the Pomodoro because you know that even if you just say, I'm just going to do one Pomodoro. That's 25 minutes of work that you got done that you probably wouldn't have gotten done. Yeah. 
Um, and you can gamify it and ADHDers love to gamify things. And Uh so that's, that's definitely what I suggest doing because especially if you're like cleaning house or you're doing some kind of chore, uh, it makes you work faster because you're like, okay, I want to beat the timer. I want to get as much done as I can in 25 minutes so that I can just be done and be happy. And there's something about that game of it, you know, that makes it more engaging. Yep. I I had to gamify house cleaning. It's the only way I, I pull my weight around this house. Right. I know. Speaking of, (laughs) um, like, so the closest I've ever gotten to ADHD coaching outside of therapy is I went to a, a couple's counselor who we didn't go because I have ADHD, but Mm -hmm. she immediately recognized the impact that it was having on our relationship. Mm-hmm. And and gave us reading materials and and kind of talked us through like the situations we ran into and how my ADHD was uh, causing, complicating or feeding into those situations and mm-hmm. getting uh, getting it out there and and helping my partner kind of understand what was going on for me in those situations made a huge difference and like continues to have a positive impact on our relationship. Do you counsel couples at all? I don't. But coach. first of all, I shouldn't say I counsel, you, I should say coach. Coach, but. yeah, I don't. And, and and I'll explain why. But first of all, before I say anything, I just want to say that's awesome. I'm so happy for you and your partner because that that's huge to be able to have an open conversation and and having your partner take the the time and the space to understand ADHD. And that's really a big piece of it. If, if, if they don't have ADHD themselves, it's very difficult to understand it without doing research and really getting an idea that your intention, when you forget something, that's not the intention. And the intention is not to make that person mad. You're not doing it to defy them or whatever. So, you know, understanding, um, how your brain works is, is huge. So I I commend both of you for, for taking that step. Cause that's, that's, that's how, you know, relationships stay relationships. Yeah. She was amazing uh, through that. Like she sat down, did the research, came to understand, like she's been uh, like the best partner I could ask for in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. You know, I don't cancel, um, couples and, and there's a couple of reason why, reasons why, but the, the main one is because it typically will go into a therapy type of situation sure. and I'm not a therapist. I'm not trained to be a therapist and I don't want to say anything that would be misguiding or, um, taken, you know, the wrong way or anything like that. And when I have talked to clients with their partners, which doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while, a partner will come on with the person I'm, I'm, uh, coaching. And I'll just be honest, Brett, it's uncomfortable for me because I just don't have the background to mediate that. Yeah, sure. And so, um, typically when I do have them come on board, it's because we're working on a very specific like project. Like for instance, I, I did meet with a couple, um, who were moving. And so the whole focus was just moving, you know, getting the tasks done and who was going to do what and, um, just keeping it organized for them. Um, but anything beyond that, I always recommend, um, Melissa Orlov is a fantastic, ADHD, uh, coach, and she specializes in relationships and, uh, has a couple books out, has a great program for people. And, um, I, I definitely recommend her because she'll, she'll be able to do that, you know, more so than I. Sure. This episode of systematic is sponsored by Uber for business, finding simple and effective ways to keep employees engaged and customers happy is always top of mind for business owners and managers. And that is especially challenging when face-to-face interaction is limited. You trust Uber as a way to request rides and order meals from restaurants you love, but Uber also has a platform designed specifically for businesses. Over 160,000 companies use Uber for business to improve customer and employee satisfaction. Having a hard time getting people to show up or stay engaged in virtual team meetings or events? With vouchers from Uber for business, You can add $20 to their personal Uber account so they can easily order meals through Uber Eats before the meeting. 
or offer your customers a voucher for a free meal or ride when they make their first purchase or spend a certain amount. It's a great way to make your happy customers even happier. Any company can sign up for free and immediately start delivering extra value to the people who matter most to their business. Vouchers are simple to send and to redeem. Your business has total control over who gets them, when they expire, and what portion of the ride or meal you want to cover. Vouchers are shared via email or text and can be redeemed with a single tap. Best of all, you only pay for rides they take or meals they order. Right now, Uber for Business is offering companies a $50 voucher credit when you spend your first $200 with vouchers. Go to uber.com slash systematic pod to learn more. That's uber.com slash systematic pod for a $50 voucher credit. Terms and conditions do apply, so be sure to read up when taking advantage of this great offer. And thanks to Uber for Business for sponsoring this episode. All right. Well, do you have some top three picks for us? I do. Oh, this, this is, is exciting. Fun. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I was thinking about it and I thought, gosh, what's going on with me right now? Um, so first of all, the, my current book that I'm reading is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's a great book, uh, especially great for women because it's very empowering. And uh, she talks about her story and her divorce and uh, she is, I don't know if they're married, but now she's with, uh, the soccer, uh, Abby. And I don't remember the last name. Okay. Um, but, uh, anyway, really good book, very inspiring. And so I'm reading that now. Uh, there is a game on my iPad that I am playing that is costing me so much money. <laughs> And it makes me so mad that it's so expensive, uh, but it brings me so much joy and it's called design home. And basically what you get to do is you get to design these different rooms and it's a competition. So people oh, vote seen the like ads for this. Yes. It is so addicting because I like design and I like all of that. So I, you know, I want to like, I want to win. And so. <laughs> trying to get like, you know, as, as the nicest room possible. Um, uh, but it's so annoying because in order to like really meet the criteria to submit your design, you have to have so many diamonds and you have to have so much like fake money. Well, how do you think you get the diamonds and fake money is you spend real money and it's crazy. Let's, but, um, let's dwell on this for a moment. Like <laughs> I had to, anytime a game even offers a chance to get ahead for money, I have to delete it because I will get obsessed and I will yes. be able to justify, I'll be able to justify spending a hundred dollars uh -huh. to, to, uh, to move forward in this game because it's addictive and fun. And then a month later, when I've, when it's lost its shine, I can look back and say, that was insane. Like yeah. I really could use that money right now. And uh -huh. I dumped it into a game that has absolutely no staying power for me. So right. like the second I get that whiff of like, this is pay to play. That's yeah. why Apple Arcade has been so great for me. Uh, like I'm paying a monthly fee. None of the oh. games are allowed to charge me anything more than I'm already spending. <laughs> like, oh, I have to be have to super careful about that stuff, though. Yeah. Well, and I'm at that point where seriously, I'm like, really, that's how much I've spent. That's crazy. And, yeah. and do I really care about designing these rooms that I'm never going <laughs> to live in? Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that is probably going to be something that I am going to be deleting. But, you know, you asked what's going on right now. And that's yeah, what's yeah. going on with me. Um, then there are three services that I have to say that I've adopted with COVID and uh, they have decreased my stress and they all have to do with food. Uh, I don't know what that says about me, but they all have to do with food. One is the grocery shopping online. I don't know why I never did this before, but going online and going to my, you know, local Albertsons website and putting in what I need and then going and picking it up, opening the trunk of my car and just waiting for them to put the groceries in there. I mean, that's gold. Like, I don't know why I didn't do that before, but how, how do they do with, service. how does your grocery store do with produce selection? Uh, they've actually done okay. I will say that during the holidays or right before Thanksgiving, I'd asked for a couple of oranges and 
these oranges were huge. They were like cantaloupes. I don't know where they came from. <laughs> Those uh, are called grapefruits. Yeah, I mean, they were so big. Uh, but yeah, they do okay. I mean, I haven't really been, I think what's most disappointing is when they don't have what you need and they don't like, they don't really try that hard, I think, to substitute it. Yeah, well, so it used to be before COVID, I liked doing the online shopping at my grocery store. They did a they did an okay, a passable job with produce selection. They were very good about letting me know uh, when they had to substitute something or if they didn't have a valid substitute. And it, it, it was perfectly reasonable because it, they were making the same decisions I would have made were I in store. Uh-huh. Then since this since like a lot of since we got uh, really busy for them, yes. it feels like they very much throw together uh, without even looking at the produce. They just grab whatever's at the front of the bin and yeah. they substitute things that like they put in house brands when I know they have the other one in stock. And yes. then they don't let me know what got left off my grocery list. I have to go through the receipt and compare it to my grocery list and figure out what I didn't get. And it's been a frustrating enough experience. Well, so I switched to a lot of uh, like um, HelloFresh, Green Chef kind of meals. Uh-huh. And just get my my groceries delivered with like pre-packaged, yeah. ready to cook, which has been great. Yes. So yes. I, it, it was well, kind of a reaction to that, though. One of the things that I that I will say about the Albertsons that we order from, they do tell us what what I didn't get. So that's the first thing I look at is yeah. what didn't I get. Um, but you speak of HelloFresh, and that's the other thing on my list here. Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah. So we started HelloFresh, and I absolutely love that too because it has cut down as you were saying, it's cut down on the grocery shopping because I don't have to buy all of the produce. So usually now the grocery shopping is pretty, just pretty much staples like milk, bread, eggs, you know, it's, it's not stuff that they really can screw up too much. Uh, but the hello fresh, we've been doing, um, two meals for sure, but every once in a while we'll do three. And I, I really appreciate it. Um, I know my husband wonders if we're spending more money, I, I don't really think he understands how much money we're actually spending on all of this, but sure. uh, he wonders if we're spending more money with HelloFresh. But my thought is that when we don't have it, we end up eating out, which is the third service that I love is Grubhub. <laughs> um, and so we have this like fight, not fight, not us, but this like battle between, you know, do we cook on our own? Do we do the HelloFresh? We don't want to do anything. So we're going to use Grubhub. <laughs> Sure. So those are like the three services that have really like changed the way that, that I plan for, for meals. And, uh, but I've had, I've been really happy with HelloFresh. There's only been a couple of meals that I didn't really like, but for the most part, um, they've been great and it really decreases the stress of meal planning when you already know you have like two meals that are already done. Yeah. Um, like I was doing HelloFresh, uh, I was when when this all started, I was still eating meat and mm-hmm. um, and we would do HelloFresh uh, kind of omnivore menu m- meals for two. And then uh, a little bit into this uh, pandemic, I went vegetarian again after mm-hmm. a few years of eating meat again. Uh, so I went back to being vegetarian and my partner's diet kind of requires meat because she has reactions to other sources of protein and it like the the only way our our dietary needs could line up was to eat like steak and potatoes a lot um so once i went vegetarian HelloFresh's vegetarian selection gets a little repetitive right so i explored green chef and I will say that as far as like the ratio of great meals to okay meals, HelloFresh did better. Like I almost always like a HelloFresh meal. Uh-huh. Uh, Green Chef is a little more hit and miss for me, but they have a way cooler like vegetarian and vegan selection. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the cost is about the same. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still you get like when you first sign up for um, Green Chef, you get like. off and then $10 off and then like four weeks of discounts. 
with HelloFresh, I got like my free box and then I was like right into paying. Yes. Yeah. You don't have as much of an incentive to, to stay for sure. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm, I'm getting both deliveries right now. I order like <laughs> two HelloFresh meals and three Green Chef meals and, and just cook for myself all week. Right. Right. It's great. I, I I really appreciate it. And I know they've been out for a long time. Different services like this has been have been going on, but it wasn't really for us. It wasn't really till COVID that we thought, you know, of doing something maybe a little bit different. And I I don't love cooking. And so that was part of the problem, too, is that I'd be working all day and I wouldn't want to cook. And so we were uh, always going out or grub hubbing, which can get really expensive. Um, and so yeah, finding these little things just really made life a little bit easier. Right. And, uh, you gotta appreciate that. I for sure cooking, like I didn't like cooking until, uh, this period of time where they, they took away my ADHD meds and I became like, things got ugly for me. And Mm. the only respite I found from the kind of uh, mental anguish of my day to day was cooking. And I got really into it. And now after a few years of being back on medication, I still find it to be a great um, kind of escape. I cook, I cook before my my partner's an essential worker. So she's, I I, I have most days to myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I cook before she gets home. I mm-hmm. put on some usually 70 soul or an audiobook, uh, crack open a non-alcoholic <laughs> beer. Um, uh-huh. I should put, th- I found this great stuff from Bravis Brewery. If, if you're a fan of oh. IPAs, but you don't drink alcohol, um, uh, there'll be a link in the show notes you have to check out, but crack open cool. a, 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 an NAIPA and just get into working on the stove. And I love dicing onions and and things that require systems Mm -hmm. uh that i can apply like patterns to and really like hone skills on i I enjoy cooking i i like it you have a nice mindset about it i'll have to think about that (laughs) the next time i'm cutting onions (laughs) i like that that's great i've gotten really good at like when you're chopping scallions uh like the uh, yes. You, like I finally can do that. I can I can get through like a full scallion in about 10 seconds. It's fun. That's impressive. Yeah. And that's the stuff that makes it interesting for me is like yeah. honing those skills and getting better over time. It, it also makes a difference on your knives. I've noticed too. Yeah. Like yeah. if you don't have good knives, that's that, that cook, that cutting piece is frustrating more than anything. Um, that's something we've learned definitely is we got to get a good set of knives. We have one really good knife. Do you have a favorite, do you have a favorite chef's knife? It, well, it's the, uh, yeah, right. It is a chef's knife and it's, um, Oh, it's from those little people that, that are on, like you see the, they look like little stick people. (laughs) I I don't remember what, what brand it is, but, uh, yeah, that's the one that we use all the time. I, I, I'm going to throw in a recommendation for the Meeson chef's knife. It is, uh, it, it, it maintains an edge and is perfectly balanced. And it's, it's somewhere between like a French knife and, uh, uh, I'm forgetting what the other major French and anyway, it's not too wide a blade. Like you can, you can fit a sponge around it to clean it, like fold it in half. And it's, it's not so you don't have to wipe each side you can pinch yeah, it which is yeah. i found like really important to me for cleaning yes um, right i know one less thing you have to do but it's still mm-hmm. thick enough to be uh, a nice weight um and you'll put that in the show notes too yes okay good <laughs> yes all right well that that's our uh that's our topics and our top three picks and we got through it in uh about 45 minutes that's yeah. uh, a short show for me, but it was a, a a fast-paced show. Good. Well, thank you so much. It was fun. I really enjoyed being here and and answering your questions. And I hope I hope it helps or you know inspires people and whatever. Yeah, um, it does. So, so thank you so much, Brett. If someone is inspired and they want to uh, they want to contact you, where can people find you? They can find me at takecontroladhd.com and uh, they can find our podcast, Taking Control the ADHD podcast on any podcast 
see, usually Pete does this, any podcast thing, I don't know what you call it, <laughs> thing that you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever. <laughs> um, and yeah, but really all of my information is on my website and uh, yeah, welcome to check it out. And do you have a, do you have a Twitter presence? You know, I don't, I, I have basic Twitter stuff. I'm on Twitter, but you're not going to probably get a lot of interaction on Twitter uh, from me. Um, we, I do have a Facebook page, take control ADHD that I'm a little bit more active that I am more active on. I shouldn't say a little bit. I am. Um, and then we uh, have, I think you do this too. We have our Patreon community. And so we use discord to interact with our community members and I'm, I'm in that thing all the time. Yeah. We, um, yeah. Systematic does have a, a discord, but I've, I've, gone the route of having advertisers instead of patreon partly because of my own like uh inferiority imposter complex it just feels weird to i like i need to get over that because i feel like mm -hmm. people who listen to this show regularly would support it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah i was another kick right? in the butt there like I, you know, in fact, Pete brought this to my attention about Patreon a long time ago, like when it first probably even came out. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, there was just a lot of hesitation. And, um, and then I don't know what it was that kind of switched the, he probably convinced me in some way that made sense. And, and, uh, and I'm so glad we did. And, and it's not just because of the sport of the podcast, of course, that's great. Cause it, it allows us to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but just the interaction with the community members and, and building, you know, relationships with them and seeing how they support each other, especially for ADHD, because community is so important. And, uh, so having that, that place for them has been really just an awesome thing to to see and grow and be a part of. All right. So check out the uh the Take Control podcast, join the Patreon, become part of that community. I can vouch yes, that please. being being part of an ADHD community that's active uh can be very um beneficial to your mental health. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks a lot for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You too. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Systematic. Check out more episodes at systematicpod.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Find me as TT Scoff on all social platforms and follow Systematic at Systemcast, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T on Twitter. Thanks for listening.